Hi, I'm Jackie Golden and welcome to The Secret Sauce. Today in this podcast, I want to spend some time sharing with you why it's important to put your customer success in the center of your business strategy by using a customer lifecycle model. So my prior podcast, I've been sharing with you about the secret sauce and how important it is to put customer success in the center of your strategy. So today I want to talk about how you would use a customer lifecycle model as a way to develop your strategy where your customer success is in the center of your strategy and that it really is a company-wide commitment. And I think what you'll find is by designing the strategy this way, it'll lead to a solid execution plan that your leadership team can execute on. And for those listening to the podcast, there are a few graphics I'm going to walk people through in the video. I'll put those up on my Facebook page. So if you want to follow along, you can use and see those graphics on my Facebook page. So first, before we get into the customer lifecycle model, I want to share with you the idea that before you start a customer lifecycle model, you have to understand your customer base. So you need to spend some time to understand what creates real value and ROI for your customers for your target market. So it's important to understand your customer's perspective because what I talk about a lot with my clients is the customer's perception is our reality. So we can talk internally all we want about what we think the customer wants and what we think the customer is feeling or experiencing, but what we really need to understand is what is their perception. So over the years, probably the last 10 years or so of working with several software companies and many of my clients, I developed this customer risk assessment model. And I use that first before going into developing the customer lifecycle model, because what it helps me to do is to evaluate the customer base in the current situation that the company is in. So it helps me to see where they're at in their perception of the value from a customer's perspective based on engagement and indispensability and entrenchment and critical use of your solution. And how are the customers defining success and value for them? And so let me just first walk you through this customer risk assessment model. There's four quadrants I'm gonna walk you through and you'll see it here. But let's talk first, the goal for every customer, as you look at this uh, risk assessment model, the goal of every customer is to be able to use your solution in a sticky enough manner that makes it literally impossible for them to rip out or replace it with a competitor. And so that's about providing more value or integrating into regular operations or transforming your customer's ability to be innovative and drive revenue and reduce costs and improve profitability. And so as we go through this, there's, um, I'm going to take you through all the quadrants, but first let's talk about the horizontal and the vertical lines and what they mean. So the horizontal line that you see here is engagement. And engagement is how widely used is your solution. So a common metric around this would be your adoption percentages or your activity percentages. Um, some people do a scoring that combine several of those metrics about how many people are using it and what ways and they're using it. Um, a really, really simple way to think about this is if you're a technology and you license by seat and you've sold 100 seats and you have 80 active users, 
your metric would be an 80% adoption rate for that customer. So that's what you're trying to, to engage and that's why that line goes to 100%. On the vertical line, I call that indispensability. And this is more of a factor. So this is how the solution's being used in the critical business of the uh, business operations of your customer. So indispensability is defined by a customer's use of the solution in their regular operations. And these operations are the things that, that you want it to be critical to running the company in some way. Um, it could be improvements in their ability to deliver on their products and services to innovations that are critical for a competitive edge, things like that are these types of factors and it is a scale one to five because basically what you're trying to do is for every indispensability factor you defined that's a point um, it could be things indispensably fa fa other factors um, are things like um, it's used to run your process for how you deliver your product so if a customer is using your solution to actually deliver their product it's integrated in their daily operations for delivery of their product, that's a critical use case. Um, it can be used for even daily and weekly reporting to leadership teams or the CXO level, but if it's how they look and run their business and make decisions every day, you've created another critical factor. Um, it, it also, integration is another really sticky factor. If it gets integrated into their other key technologies for running their company, that is also another good solid indispensability factor. So each one of these factors would be one point on the scale from one to five. So let's walk through the quadrants. The red quadrant, this shows customers uh, with limited adoption, which is limited engagement, and limited entrenchment, which is the indispensability. And this makes them obviously a very high risk for churn. Uh, as a matter of fact, if I tell you the history over the last 10 years of doing the analysis on many of my clients and the companies work for the customer bases, when they're in this red quadrant, it's almost 100% predict predictability that they will churn. And the only way you're saving these is with heroics usually. Um, and they're usually not a healthy heroic uh, tactic. So let's talk about the yellow quadrants. Um, so there's the lower right and the upper left. So we're going to start with the lower right. And the lower right, this is um, high engagement and low entrenchment. Still a risk for churn. The percentage I put on the yellow quadrant is about a 50% risk of churn. An example would be of this type of customer would be a customer who's purchased your solution, let's say for a hundred, no, for a thousand users for one particular use case. So I'm gonna, uh, I bought your solution, I bought thousands of user licenses uh, for timesheets or for one, one particular report or in some cases for just one project. Um, that would be an example of high adoption, so a high engagement and a low indispensability. And the reason is because is that use case, it's not necessarily critical to the business. And it then allows, especially if, if the use case is a, more of a commoditized use case, it opens the door for a lot of competitors on the market that can come in and then it makes it easy for your customer to be able to switch over if the price is right or they have better services or the solution capabilities um, for what they need, meet their needs better. So in this particular case, if you only have one business use case and a lot of people are using it, you're just 
more at risk for uh, a competitor to come in and to replace you. So in the upper left quadrant, uh, this is basically the opposite. So it's high entrenchment and low engagement, which makes them, again, still a risk for churn at that 50% mark. Um, an example of this would be it's a small team of users who use a solution for daily operations and maybe a lot of really good key business use cases, but it's a small team. It's maybe one team, one group, one department. And although it's being used in that highly indispensable way, that use case may not be as critical to the overall company and it might be some uh, a unique uh, use of it, even though it's being um, maybe scores three to five really critical factors for that team. If it's not something um, that those use cases can then fold over into other organizations and other departments, it then might make it difficult for it to expand. So in some of those cases, it could create a green customer of which that one department will continue to buy from you forever. But if for some reason at the CXO level, they don't see that as critical to the business because it's just for that one team and they wanna do something maybe that's more across the whole company, you could still be at a high risk of being replaced by a competitor that maybe can tackle things across the company in a more widespread um, use case. Uh, so that's some of the things in the yellow quadrants that I just have my clients understand could be some of the scenarios going on that is creating risk for churn in their customer base. So that's, now let's talk about the green quadrant. Obviously that's where we want all of our customers to start. This is where we want them to stay. This is where they have high engagement, high entrenchment, they're sticky, they're finding value through operational efficiencies, optimizations, innovations, and it's turning into financial results. So the CXO level is starting to see that this technology is really making a difference in the company. And it starts to write its own business case for maintaining that, continuing, expanding the use of it, because they're, it's turning into financial results for the company. And the idea is, is once they're a green customer, as they use a solution over time, those values will turn into real ROIs. Like I said, it'll turn into true financial results for the customers. As they realize those ROIs, that's where I define that they've gone from that green to that golden state, where they're true, loyally, fully entrenched, fully adopted, and they will continue to use you as being one of their key vendors. So just to summarize our risk assessment model, um, you're gonna find this to be a really great starting point. It's an easy way for you to define what your goal is for each target market. It's a really good tool for assessing where your customer base is for that target market. And it'll just help you to address what your current challenges are in your customer base as you design your customer lifecycle model. So you can ensure that you drive all your customers into the green, green quadrant that then leads to the golden quadrant. So now that we have a good understanding of our challenges in our target markets, because we've done our assessment of our customer base, now we're ready to work on our customer lifecycle model. And again, we want to go into our customer lifecycle model with that understanding, the areas for our customers that are working and not working, where are the majority of the issues? Is it engagement? Is it an entrenchment and indispensability? Is it that we're not turning things into true value and ROI where they have their own 
business case for justifying spending the money with you every year and expanding that usage. So with this understanding, let's go ahead and talk about how we build the customer lifecycle model or what that is and how to address both new customers and the challenges that you're facing in your existing base in an ongoing manner. So this is the customer lifecycle model and this is just an example and a lot of these obviously get customized for each of my clients it gets customized but also for every company i've done this in um, we usually customize it specifically to that company and the market and their um, types of solutions and services that they offer so let's talk about what the purpose of a customer lifecycle model would be this is where you're going to learn to understand what your customers should experience with your company from the very first marketing touch all the way through to your ongoing relationship. And this model is designed not only to build a base of long-term loyal customers, but also how to maintain them long-term, right? We're building the customers for life. And this is also gonna provide your teams with a framework. And this framework helps them to build the organizational structures, programs, policies, processes, procedures for how to actually execute on ensuring that every customer experience has quality and excellence every time they engage with any area of your company. And it's what it's gonna do is really create clarity for the customer on how to engage with your company, how to get the information they want, when they need it, how they need it to maximize their own value and realize those ROIs long-term. And it's gonna ensure the customers understand how your products and services work, how to get in touch with people in what ways, and also who you are in the market. What are you trying to be best in breed or what do you want the customers to, to know you for in the market? And when it's really done right, you're not gonna have to bribe customers to tell their story. They're probably gonna to offer to tell their story, offer to even get up at your user conferences and, and talk about their stories. But they're happy to not only tell everybody about it, but when they go to from company to company, they're probably gonna take you with them. So there's just a few ground rules as you go to build your customer lifecycle model I just wanna share with you. So the key to a successful customer lifecycle model is collaboration and buy-in from the leadership team at the top. And this is across all organizations. Remember what I started with. This has to be a company-wide strategy. So for example, if just the VP of customer success goes off and builds a, a customer lifecycle model and journey maps and does all this great stuff and they're the only ones doing it, I have found that eight to nine out of 10 of my clients and, and companies that I've worked with it fails. It never really comes to fruition as part of the company culture and way of life and, and how they're going to go to market and how they're really going to not only market customers, sell customers, implement customers, and hang on to them for life. So remember, it is a company-wide strategy and a commitment across the board, so you need that sponsorship. And then the teams, when you're done with this, are going to get involved because what it's going to do is it's going to help each team member to be clear about what their role and contribution is to a customer's experience. And because you made it the center of the company strategy, they're going to find it just as important as anything else they do in their role that they have to think about how, how is this helping our customers to be more successful with our products and services? And how can I be a part of ensuring a consistent execution for every single customer that we touch? And so the goal when you start your customer life cycle, some of the things you might map out in the very beginning are things like, 
what's the right type of customer? So remember in my earlier podcast, I talked about when you build a customer lifecycle model, you'd build it for a target market. Part of that is understanding what kind of a customer are you trying to attract for that focused market? You also then can say, well, do I understand the customer's business problems? What, this, what are their top priorities? Is there um, uh, timing to how they're buying compelling events that drive that? And these are all helpful as you go in defining your customer lifecycle model. And really what you wanna do for that target market is to be able to create a clear solution to the customer's common business problems and challenges and something that that solution creates a value prop and an ROI. And this is the vision, right? So this will be the vision that um, you get the customer hooked on from the first marketing touch through sales, through implementation. And it's something that you know you can deliver on long-term. So here's the goals of your customer lifecycle model as you go to, to develop it and design it. You wanna develop a roadmap. Once you have your vision, you need to develop that roadmap that shows the customer how to get from where they are today to the vision. So as you lay all this on a customer, they'll, they'll look at that and they'll be like, that's great, but I'm here and I have no idea how to get to that big vision. So make sure as you design your customer lifecycle model, you're keeping that in mind that that's a really great vision for marketing to paint and sales to sell on, but right behind that, there needs to be a roadmap that makes it brain dead easy for a customer to understand how to get there. Again, this is all from the customer's perspective and perception. And then you're gonna define a coordinated support system that walks a customer or a team of customers through an implementation, the use of your solution, whether that's education, ongoing support, different types of programs, and also make it easy for them to answer a lot of their own questions, get their issues resolved, all of those things that go with really in encompassing an overall experience where the customer understands how to easily get to that vision. You also wanna ensure that you have an approach that makes it easy to do business with you, easy to make changes, easy for them to expand. So keep all that in mind, right? There's nothing more than, than complicating something that could be really, really simple for a customer and that improves the experience tremendously. So here's one of my rules that I just want to, you to keep in mind if you go through this with your team. You wanna design your customer lifecycle for the rule, not the exception. Why do I say that? Well, because um, so many of these workshops I go in and do, as we go into this, you know, as I ask them, tell me about you know, the customers, tell me about their challenges, tell me about you know, what you're, they're trying to do, what are your challenges. I notoriously will get people in the room that will tell me nothing but exceptions. So when they start bringing them up, one of my first questions is, how often does that happen? Is that one out of 10 customers? Is that one out of 100? Is that happen once a year? Because for whatever reason, as you go to brainstorm, a lot of people remember the bad, and so they bring up all the exceptions, and they forget about what the rule and, and normal, this is the customer, these are their challenges, here's, and you want to design your customer lifecycle model for the rule, not the exception. So try not to get hung up on that as you go through this process. So again, back to our customer lifecycle model, here's the six stages. In this particular example, the six stages are quality, acquire, implement, value, renew, and expand. And so just so you might get those in your head as to what that might be, quality might be the marketing touch, so how you're going to that target market, 
to tell them about who you are, what you have to offer, and how you solve those problems. Acquire might be then the sales cycle, like how do you sell, how do you bring them into the fold. Implement might be if you actually have an implementation cycle that they have to go through or an education cycle, anything like that. Value is the time that once they have your solution, they're using it for a while, this is them getting comfortable with integrated and into their daily operations and starting to see value, which then should lead to a renewal. And obviously then if we're doing all the right and hitting all the right key points for a customer, they are then usually ready for expansion. And if you've laid that roadmap out well, that expansion happens pretty naturally. So let's just walk through this model with you so you can understand what each segment is. So obviously customers in the center of the model with the stages going around in a circular motion. And this is because the customer will continue to go through the stages of the life cycle multiple times. Usually it's based on a multi-phase roadmap where they have maybe one or two or three phases identified to get them all the way to the vision. So every time they complete a phase, they're going through their life cycle model start to finish. And in many cases, um, it's really until they're fully adopted and entrenched and they've, green that, they've reached that green quadrant we talked about and they're ready to get into the gold quadrant because they're seeing real value and ROI that we talked about in the risk assessment model earlier. So then you start to see internally on the inside of this, there's an internal ring and that represents how marketing works in support of all these stages of the customer life cycle. And this is because marketing helps represent companies' brand, the products, the services, the programs, et cetera. They're the real uh, communication between your company and the customers. They also help to set consistent and quality messaging from all the departments within the company to and from the customer. So because they are the key to that consistent messaging between you and the customer, they can help all the way along every single organization, every single stage of the lifecycle model, how to be really crisp and consistent about the messaging and how your company wants to be presented and your products and services as well. And then you have the outer tabs. And the outer tabs define ownership for each stage. So there's a clear understanding across the company who owns the execution of the customer experience for that stage. Think of this like the quarterback um, in football. They're coordinating all the supporting departments required to deliver on that customer experience for that um, segment and that stage of the life cycle. And this would include ownership of standards and processes, procedures, policies, handoffs between the departments and going from one stage to the other. So it's having that one person that owns it that will coordinate and will get all of the decisions done and all the roadblocks cleared so that they know they can create consistent execution from customer to customer. And um, just to kind of summarize, um, as you look at this lifecycle model and or you decide to go and uh, develop your own, I'd recommend you create your customer lifecycle model for each target market. Um, so if you have a go-to-market strategy, if you only have one target market, then you'll have one customer lifecycle model. But if you have multiple target markets, you have to look at it and say, is, is there enough similarities across those target markets for the who, the why, the what kinds of products and services you're delivering? In some cases, one customer lifecycle works, but in a lot of cases, that target market, 
who they are, what you're trying to solve, and the types of products and services that are delivered are so different that you might need a separate customer lifecycle model for that. Once you have your customer lifecycle model, you can then journey map each of the stages. And this will help you drive the changes that you need to make in order to create consistent quality customer experience and to create those execution abilities across the whole company that will not only for you to, to attract customers in the green, but to keep them in the green long-term and turn them into golden customers. So hopefully this discussion has been helpful for you in understanding how to assess your customer base and the real value of a customer lifecycle model for driving the success of your customers to becoming golden customers as part of your business strategy across your entire company. And as you, def you define your own model and you journey map these stages, it'll help you to define and use your own secret sauce for each of the target markets in your go-to-market strategy. So if you haven't um, listened to all my podcasts, I do have a few about a secret sauce and how you and your company can create your own secret sauce, use it as differentiation uh, in the market as well. And this is really the first step to that. So I just wanna say thank you so much for taking the time today to listen to this session on the value and the use of a customer lifecycle model. And I'll be sharing more um, in the next podcast about how to create customer success profitably, which is one of the things I'm known for. Um, so I will start that topic in the next podcast. If you have any questions or you'd like to contact me directly, you can go to our website at www.landandexpand.com or you can get in touch with me directly at my email at jackiegolden at landandexpand.com. Appreciate your reviews on iTunes. All your feedback is always welcome. Until next time, thank you and have a great week.